Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Welcome, welcome. It is Fresh Thinking Time. It's Thursday afternoon. You with Rabbi Shishla, we're together until 3 o'clock as the whole place just seems to be, uh, as of today, in that calm Summer, can't say that really the weather is so summery, but the, the atmosphere and the attitude of people is definitely powering down as we go off into the summer holidays. So we've got to make this meaningful, and I thought we should talk about something that may very well be close to everybody's heart, and that is the concept of prayer, not necessarily because of the places you're going on holiday, but because prayer is something that affects us on a daily basis. I'd like to ask a question, and we'll try and spell it out. Is it, would you say, is it appropriate to ask God again and again and again for the same things? That's what our prayers often feel like. We keep repeating ourselves. Surely he knows what he's doing. Why do we keep asking him for the same things again and again and again? That's what we're going to chat about today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on 34519. That's our SMS line. You can send a message on Telegram 0618951019 and tweet at FM or tweet me directly at Rabashi. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So there we are. It's uh, an interesting question I can see already from the responses that are starting to come through. You see, the thing is this, that we all speak a lot about prayer, and I imagine to a greater or lesser extent we pray. Some of us pray multiple times in a single day, and that's not only when we're on the roads, but I'm talking about the formal prayer in shul. Some people pray on an ad hoc basis as and when they need. Funnily enough, actually, as far as the Torah is concerned, that is the fundamental requirement of prayer, is to acknowledge the fact that there is somebody to ask, that there's a being, as um, as described by certain of the sages, a supreme being or a super being. Who controls everything. And so we're supposed to reach out and acknowledge that this is who is the puppeteer. This is who we should speak to or approach should we need something. So prayer is very much part of our lives. But I think we'll all acknowledge in your own experience of, of prayer, whatever you call it, prayer, tefillah, davening, however you personally refer to it. But I think everybody will agree that there's something that we all share in common when it comes to the prayer experience. And that is we tend to ask for the same things again and again and again. So let's say for argument's sake, a person is... Uh, trying to put together a deal, a business deal. So that's what they'll pray for. And they'll pray again and again and again. Please make the deal succeed. Please make the deal succeed. And when I say again and again, I don't just mean in the 20 minutes running up to the meeting, but even for days, weeks, months, even years at a time, please, Hashem, heal this individual. Please, Hashem, help that person to find a shidduch or to be able to have children or to change the direction of our government or whatever it is. There's certain things that people pray for on an ongoing basis. And you feel a little bit like a spiritual woodpecker in a sense. Duck, 
da, da, da. Here we go again. The same request and the same request and the same request. And of course, the part of the challenge of prayer is not just to become a broken record, even if we are asking for the same things. And that's not the purpose of this conversation, by the way. I'm not talking over here about how you bring freshness into a repetitive prayer because prayer is almost by definition repetitive. That's not the question that we can discuss another time. I'm specifically interested in, in whether you feel it is a, an appropriate thing to keep repeating yourself. In other words, you, you've submitted what it is that you need to God. God doesn't forget. It's not like he's, yes, God is involved with all kinds of things simultaneously, but there's no such concept as becoming distracted or forgetting what we had asked him. And so therefore we need to remind him. Why is it? Why do we keep repeating ourselves? So what's the purpose of repeating ourselves again and again and again when we pray, when we pray? Are we trying to change his mind? Are we trying to make sure that we're always front of mind? You know, with humans, we have the problem of out of sight and out of mind. So think of a, a child, you know, when a child wants to get your attention, the child will nag and nag and nag and nag. And the reason they do it is that you don't lose sight of what it is that they want from you until eventually it gets into your head Pounding inside your head and you have no choice but to address the issue. Or like the person, everybody knows this, in business you know this, that if there is a creditor who does not chase you, you're not going to pay them. It's just how it is. And you, you've got to find a way to be in that person's face until such time as they actually pay you what they owe you. It's whoever makes the most noise is the one who's going to get paid first. So is that what we're trying to do in the context of prayer where we keep badgering and asking again and going back and forth? And, and I suppose part of the question is, or, or do we actually believe that it's going to change Hashem's mind? Can prayer change Hashem's Mind. That's a big part of the question. Because if we do believe that we can change his mind, then by all means we should keep going on and on and we should never give up. We should never stop praying until we have the result that we want. And of course there are people who are going to tell you, and it's a very important philosophical question. Well, who says, who says that we should change the situation? Who says, I mean, we have our perspective and we understand in our terms what we believe would be the best result or the best outcome, but we have limits. We, we, we are limited in terms of what we can see, perceive, appreciate, bigger picture, all that kind of thing. Who says what we're praying for is even what we should be praying for? You know, that's another whole consideration. Here we are banging on about the same thing again and again and again, and maybe it's not even the right thing to be asking for. Maybe it's not even what we should be prioritizing. So there's uh, there's quite a bit, I suppose, to talk about. But but first and foremost, I, I'm trying to see if there's anybody who could uh, raise an is, an insight into the question of if, if it's appropriate. Is it appropriate for us to keep... Um, to to keep asking God for the same things. I see a number of people are speaking to the question of whether we can change God's mind through prayer, which is definitely part of this conversation, because if we don't believe that we can change his mind, then why on earth do we keep asking? 
But the question is slightly different, okay? Slightly different, and the question is specific. But we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about changing God's mind. But I'm really, really interested in the concept of whether it's appropriate. Surely we should petition, make our presentation, and then leave it in his hands. Isn't that, doesn't that sound more appropriate when you're dealing with a, 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 a super being, an infinite being, when you're dealing with the one who controls and makes everything happen, when you're dealing with God who never forgets anything? Why do we feel that we need to remind him? Remind, hey, hello, you know, I'm still here. I still got that same problem. Surely that seems to almost, in a sense, reject his insight or his perspective or his ability. That's very nice. Uh, here's somebody on Twitter. I don't know how you pronounce this. Um, Taliesin or something like that. Anyhow, it says uh, something to think about. Well, that's good. It is something to think about. That's why we're thinking about it. And that's exactly what we try to do on this show is to think about things a little bit out of the box and to, to think about, you know, what... Ah, here's an interesting one. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second. Interesting tweet. But before that, here's another tweet that somebody has sent. Wow, the names that people come up with. Really, really, really interesting. Hyena of Hollywood. How do you like that for a Twitter handle? says, pulling from below can affect a divine decree. So that kind of gives the impression that Hashem has empowered us, God has empowered us, that we should be able to pull, tag, you know, tug on the, the string, almost like as if there's some kind of a bond that's based on a verse that says that Yaakov Hevel Nachlosoi, that the relationship between us and God is almost as if we're tied by a rope and Hashem is at one end of the rope and we're at the other end of the rope and we've got to pull, pull, pull on that rope until eventually it causes some kind of reaction from above. And, and that's definitely a principle that we speak about. But what does it actually mean? What does it mean? It's such a, it's such a fascinating concept. So you keep pulling, pulling, pulling. Is that what it is? You keep nagging, 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 and eventually, is that what prayer is? Is prayer just simply a whole series of nagging God? Because if that is the case, anybody who's been nagged, any parent who's had a nagging child will tell you that's a horrible way to try and get what it is that you want. I'm not saying it won't be successful in the human experience, but it's a horrible way to try and get what you want. So why? Why do you think, or do you think it's appropriate to keep asking God for the same things again and again and again? Please share your thoughts via Telegram on 061-895-1019. You can SMS 34519. There are some tweets coming through. You can join them at Chai FM or just directly at Rabbi Shish. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So it's definitely definitely got some people thinking that I can tell you there's some very interesting comments coming through my question or a series of questions is is it appropriate to keep praying for the same thing again and again and that's because I think that there's the nature of how we pray right we keep repeating ourselves yes there are parts of the prayers that are not about asking there are parts of the prayers that are very much about a connection and about praise and about realization and meditation. I'm not talking about all that because that we understand. We can see the value. In fact, that that's clearly a big value in prayer is to be able to meditate consistently on very important and spiritual concepts. That That's for sure. So let's put that aside for a moment. Let's not talk about the meditative side of prayer, even though it is the primary element of prayer. Actually, in spite of the fact that people believe that the purpose of prayer is in case of emergency break glass, actually the purpose of prayer is to be able to connect ourselves to God. That's why the word in Hebrew is tefillah. Tefillah is related to the word to connect things, to 
to bond things together. So that's the primary reason why we pray is to be able to connect to God. And nobody's disputing that. I'm asking specifically about the petition side of prayer. For example, you look in the Amidah, we have a series of blessings that are designed to ask Hashem for certain things that we need. We ask Him for healing for those who are not well. We ask Him to bless us financially uh, for the coming year. That's typically how we say it. We have a section called Shema Koleinu, which is like the miscellaneous section where you can actually insert your own personal prayer at that time. And that's in the formal prayers. There's nothing at all to stop a person from using their own words on an ad hoc basis when it is that you need to ask Hashem for something. Then you do. And typically, let's say you read Tehillim, for example. Many people read Tehillim on an ongoing basis. And many people have in mind when they read Tehillim, which is a particularly potent form of prayer, they have in mind certain individuals who need this blessing or themselves, I need that blessing. So I'm talking specifically about that part of prayer, which is petitioning in nature. You're asking God for things. It's it's typically repetitive. And is that appropriate? Is it appropriate to keep asking for the same things again and again? So Gary makes an interesting concept, a comment. Gary says, is God not on our minds already? If God is everything... Then our minds are surely part of him, and then he knows our minds already. 100%. He knows our minds. Does that not just reiterate my point? If God knows exactly what we're thinking, and not only does he know what we're thinking, because he knows how we think, and he designed the the algorithms of how we think, and so he not only knows what we're going to think, but he pretty much designed us to think in that particular way. So why then do we have to mouth these words? Why do we have to actually say these statements? Are we somehow supposed to believe that we'll convince him otherwise or that we'll um, we'll have an impact on his thinking based on the things that we say and if we say them on a regular basis? Here's another tweet from uh, Coco Pazzo. says, prayer can change predestiny. Prayer can change predestiny. That's fine, and we do believe that. We do believe that, right? So if something is predetermined, then prayer is such a powerful tool that has the capacity to change something that is predetermined. Yet, that doesn't answer the question about repeating, right? Is it appropriate to repeat? Yes, go ahead and pray. Now, okay, here's a, here's a good point. Actually, actually, if you think about it, if prayer has the ability to change something that is predetermined, well, maybe we haven't done it well enough the first time. That's a possibility, right? Perhaps the reason that we repeat prayers is because we are trying to focus ourselves more appropriately or we're trying to get to a deeper level of connection to God. Well, that would be a good reason to repeat prayers. So there's an insight right there. I think what's interesting about this is the fact that the, the prayer experience is designed to be repetitive. Again, if you go and you look in the sitter, there's certain prayers that we're supposed to say on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And surely that in itself indicates that the nature of prayers, that it is, it is supposed to be repetitive. Some people are frustrated by that. You know, why? And again, not just about the meditative part of prayer, but about the petitioning part of prayer. Why, why is it scripted? Why does it, why do we have to read these particular requests on a daily basis? So it seems to indicate that prayer is designed to be repetitive, that you're supposed to ask for the same things again and again. So the question really is why? Why, why is that the way? Why is that the way that it is? 
that uh, we should do it again and again. Here's somebody who says an interesting thing. He says, uh, if the prayer doesn't help, at least it, it helps to relieve some of the suffering. In other words, almost implying that the prayer is to our benefit, the fact that we feel that opportunity, that we have that outlet, and that we can almost let off that frustration or express the particular thing that it is that we need. Maybe that is Reason enough to keep repeating the prayers just simply for ourselves. I don't believe that that's the Jewish perspective, that it's just simply to make us feel better. Uh, for us, prayer is an incredible expression of faith. It's an incredible opportunity to let go. You know, one of the big challenges that we have in our lives is the impression that we have that we do control so many things in our lives and even beyond our lives and things around us. And the reality of prayer is that it helps to remind us that we control precious little, actually, and we definitely do not control anything outside of ourselves. And even within ourselves, it's not all that much that we necessarily control other than our decisions. And uh, most notably amongst us is our decision about how we're going to react to the things that are going on in our lives. So maybe prayer helps us with that. It helps us to understand that it's out of our hands. And that in itself is therapeutic. And that in itself is a spiritual journey. Because as long as we hold on to things and we try and like really, really believe that I'm, I'm going to chart this course and I'm going to make things happen, that's often where we lead A to disappointment. And second of all, that's where we create stress. Had a conversation with a group of people about this yesterday. Stress is a direct consequence of the belief that we should be in control. There's a very interesting study that was done about people in car accidents that if a person was involved in a car accident and they were asleep at the time or they were drunk at the time, very often they suffer less injury than people who were awake. And one of the reasons for that is because the nature of a person, obviously, is if they see that they're about to be involved in a collision, so they tense up terribly. And that sometimes is uh, something, you know, that sometimes makes the injuries worse, whereas the person who's asleep or drunk is kind of unaware of the fact of what's about to happen, and their body is in a more relaxed state, and they don't get injured as badly. So there's that psychological version of the same thing, where a person really holds onto control and says, but I need to be able to, to, to define where things are going to go. That's where they feel more pain when things don't go that way. So prayer is an opportunity on a regular basis this is the thing that i really really need in my life it's important to me that's why i'm praying for it that's why i'm praying for it on a regular basis so the fact that i pray for it helps to reposition my perspective and to allow me to see that i'm actually not in control which might help if it doesn't help me to get what i need it might very very well help me to be able to handle the fact that i haven't gotten what i need so that's an interesting perspective in its own right. My question over here today is, is it appropriate to keep praying for the same things again and again? I'd like to hear your thoughts. There's a great conversation going on right now. A lot of people also commenting on whether we can change God's mind through prayer, which is part of this conversation. So you can weigh in on Twitter at Chai FM or at Rabbi Shish via Telegram 0618951019 or through SMSs on 34519. Now, Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper have these pocket-saving sweet deals just for you. They've got Pick and Pay Kosher Beef Lean Mints for 109.99 per kilo. They've got Pick and Pay Hake Petit Petit Filet 
at a very low $79.99 per kilo. Pick up a baby hake is only $49.99 per kilo. Fagel's snook salad, you can get 250 grams for 49 rand. Fagel's kosher gefilte fish are only 135 rand per kilo. And Fagel's kosher mustard herring is just 125 rand per kilo. Catch these and many more specials in store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper and are only while stocks last. That's Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. If you have just joined us, it is Thursday afternoon. That means it is fresh thinking time. And fresh thinking is the time that you're with Rabbi Shishla. This is the time of the week that we try and think about things just a little bit out of the box. Today we're talking about prayer. We're talking about is it appropriate to keep on the same prayers again and again and again. Doesn't God know what he is doing? Why are you asking? Why are we asking for the same things again and again and again? It almost reminds me of that saying from Einstein that if you keep repeating the same thing and expect to have different results, that is in fact insanity. Here is at Jewish Connectivity who says, in my humble opinion, what prayer changes is us. And that's a really good insight because if prayer is there to change us, then by all means, we should keep repeating the prayers again and again and again, because they will help us to change. Links in with what I was just saying before, that one of the biggest causes of our stress is the illusion that we have, that we're in control, and prayer perhaps allows us to relinquish that illusion and to say, you know what, actually I'm not in control, and so if things don't work out exactly according to my agenda, that's not necessarily the end of the world. Although I don't think people pray with that in mind. I think people typically pray because they want to to see a result. Uh, Lady Silman from Cape Town on Twitter says, that's why prayer was invented. That's why prayer was invented, to change God's mind. Okay, that's true. doesn't necessarily speak to the idea of repetitive prayer. And that's specifically what we're talking about today. Like I say, a lot of people commenting on the ability to change God's mind. Here's somebody who says, prayer can change you. And when you are different, then God sees you altogether differently. Okay, so there's a very interesting perspective as well. The idea of prayer is to change us so that when we change, we're in a different perspective. You know, I think one of the things that people often grapple with is it seems as if God doesn't answer our prayers, right? Don't you find that often? It feels as if God doesn't answer our prayers. And maybe that's the reason that we keep repeating them. We repeat, hello, anybody home? I've been asking for this for a long time. It's like really critical. Do you not hear me? What's going on? And then people say these things that you've got to be so careful about. You know, people say, yes, God answered your prayers and the answer was no. Okay, well, that's really going to help. A person who's going through a crisis in their lives, highly doubt they're going to appreciate that. God answered you, but the answer was no. That's fine. If you want to tell that to yourself, it's not the kind of thing you should share with a person who's going through difficult times. Or sometimes, and there is truth to this, just a very difficult thing to wrap your head around. Sometimes we pray and pray and pray for a particular outcome, and it doesn't happen. In fact, everything falls to pieces, and then people turn around after and say, yes, but those prayers were redirected elsewhere where they were needed. And that might very well be true. We definitely, I mean, it's, it's a principle in physics, right, that energy is never lost so we believe this, absolutely. A prayer is never lost if it doesn't go to the address that we had assigned to it. It doesn't mean that it goes nowhere. I remember years ago, and this was such a profound experience, years ago when I was at school, um, 
I wasn't at school. I was just out of school. And there was a young person who was involved in a very serious car accident. And they had round-the-clock to hit him at this person's bedside here in Joburg. And I'll never forget afterwards how the nursing staff said not only did that individual make a miraculous recovery, but other people who were in the ward also made a miraculous recovery. And I think there are quite a number of stories like that. So prayers don't just go nowhere. And so it is fair to tell a person, look, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed. Maybe it didn't get to where you wanted, but it went elsewhere. And that's hard. It's difficult for a person to relate to. So why? Why do we keep repeating prayers again and again and again and again? You know, it's interesting. We we typically think, and it's it's kind of right and it's kind of not right all at the same time, and that's often the the paradox of spiritual concepts. You know, they they make sense and they don't make sense all at once, or they're easy to explain and they're difficult to understand all at once. That's very much the nature of spiritual concepts. So. One of the things that we often think about with prayer is that there's there's me and there's God, and I have a direct line, which is true. I have a direct line to God to be able to speak to him whenever, in whatever language I need to speak to him, because Hashem looks at us as his children, and there's no such thing as having to stand on ceremony if you need to speak to your parent. So we speak directly to Hashem, and that's clear. We are not of the belief that you have to go through any kind of an intermediary. In fact, there is an expression. The Talmud talks about the fact that there are angels who ferry our prayers upwards. Now, that's not because we don't have a direct line to God. And it's quite important to know this. But it's because sometimes we're not focused enough on our prayers. We don't actually necessarily know how to elevate our prayers. This is a big issue that we need to talk about because one of the reasons that we repeat prayers again and again is not necessarily because we have to grab Hashem's attention. It could be because we have to work harder to get those prayers to elevate. Again, it's not because we don't have a direct line. It's because perhaps we're we're not invoking enough power to send those prayers up that direct line. If you think about it, prayer is an upward experience. We, we are kind of, I mean, it's obviously metaphoric. God is everywhere. There's no such thing as up and down, but it is an upward experience because there are higher spiritual realms where God is more apparent and there are lower spiritual realms where God is more hidden. And we typically inhabit a lower spiritual realm. We don't walk down the streets feeling God is apparent. We have our moments, yes. We have moments of clarity. We have moments of experience. We might even have moments of revelation. But it's not what typically happens. So you don't walk down the street and see godliness oozing out of the buildings around you. More likely you see some kind of uh, electronic billboard shining at you from the building next to you. I mean, you look at the next person. You don't typically see godliness radiating from the next person more likely you see their physical features and something about their character and then you make decisions with whether you find that person somebody you'd want to have a relationship or not want to have a relationship with the reality is that we don't see the world as revealed and connected to god we don't now if we had lived on a higher spiritual plane and these higher spiritual planes do exist then we'd have much more awareness. And if we had greater awareness, the natural result of that would be that our interactions with God would start off in a higher place. So we're bound by the, by the law of gravity. 
not just in the physical sense of gravity, but there's a spiritual kind of gravity as well that keeps sucking us down. You know, we believe in Judaism that everything that is physical is that way because it has a spiritual source that is that way. So if the natural physical reality of the world is gravity, that there's something that pulls us back down towards earth, you know, try jump up and you're going to come right back down. And the whole art of travel Air travel or interspace travel is to be able to find a way to generate enough energy to break the pull of gravity in order that you can soar to the highest heights. Now, we, we, we have the same problem with prayer. And I, this is not abstract. It's not spiritual. We know it in practice. You sit there in front of the siddur. You sit there in shul. You'd like to pray. You're motivated. You You know what the prayer is about. You know what it is that you need. And then things happen. Either you get a little bit distracted, there's a thought that crosses your mind that's not on topic and it just distracts you or the person next to you says, uh, what's happening, how's business, or have you heard the latest scandal about uh, the, the country or how the market's doing. And if it's not that, then somebody's child begins to cry or you're too tired. I don't know, there are a whole lot of things that get in the way. So we are bound by some kind of a spiritual gravity that keeps sucking our prayers back down into a, rea- a reality that is distant from God. And the idea of repeating the prayers is not to repeat them the same way. We should never repeat the same prayer twice. Each time we should try and say, how do I make this prayer just a little bit more in touch with the spiritual reality? That's our first step to understanding this. 34519, if you've got a comment, by SMS, otherwise you can send us a message on Telegram 0618951019. Why do we repeat the same prayers again and again? This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. You know, there's another way to look at this. We're talking today about why it is that you should or why is it that we do repeat our prayers again and again and again and again. Well, there's another way to look at it. Very, very interesting way to look at it actually and that is we believe and that's why we're all there on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because we believe that that's the time where everything is decided for the whole year so what's the point of praying during the course of the year it's all decided right Hashem said on Rosh Hashanah X amount of weeks ago that this is how the year is going to be this person is going to have that much money that person is going to have that much nachas boom finished right <laughs> what's the point get up in the morning and say oh, God, can I renegotiate the deal So why do we keep praying again and again? See, on the one hand, the challenge that we have trying to pray is we're trying to escape the bonds of the physical material reality that we live in, the gravity of the human experience. We're trying to break free of that so we can actually elevate our prayer into a truly spiritual environment. And that's the concept that the Talmud talks about where it says there are these angels who elevate our prayers. There's no such thing. I mean, they, they don't go represent us. They don't go, uh, you know, speak on our behalf and say, you pray through me, angel so-and-so. It's just that we've got to get this spiritual impetus, like these rocket boosters, to be able to take our prayers and elevate them upwards. But there we have a direct line. There's no question about it. It's just a question of whether we use the line properly or not, whether we're focused, whether we have the right intention, whether we get ourselves into enough of a spiritual place that our prayers should actually have the power and potency that they're supposed to have. The other side of the question is is very, very interesting. See, then Hashem says, okay, fine, I'm going to give you the blessing. I'm going to give you what it is that you need. But when Hashem allocates what it is that we need, that means that Hashem puts it into the distribution center of some elevated, high, abstract, spiritual world. So a person asks for sustenance, which is what you and I will call money. 
financial success. Shem says, got it. You got sustenance. But when I give sustenance, it's packaged as, like everything else that exists, a highly spiritual reality that still has to be translated back down into the physical. And that does not happen overnight. The mystics tell us that the entire range of existence is called a seder histalshelus, which means seder, an order of histalshelus, of evolution. That means nothing happens in the way that God has designed our world. Nothing happens by skipping from point one to point 50. You'll have to go through one and two and three and four until you eventually get to number 50. So it's a seder histalshelus. The way that God has designed the world is that things should be evolutionary and things should happen in phases and they have to happen in, in the right order. So in order for every look at the human being as a, just as an example, you know what it's like to have a great idea. You also know what it's like to try and translate a great idea into reality. Wow, there are a lot of steps and a lot of things that have to happen. A lot of internal movement, a lot of internal work. You've got to work through understanding exactly what the idea means and then planning how it could be applied and then doing some research in terms of what resources you'll need and who else you can partner with. And then you've got to motivate people to be excited about the idea. There's a lot. There's a lot that has to happen to translate the seminal idea into something actual and practical. Uh, the example that's often used in Hasidic teachings is the example of trying to build a building. You know, you have a picture in your mind of what the building is supposed to look like, but there's so much between that thought in your mind and the last, what we call makebe patish, the last hammer blow, that say, oh, you can step back and say, look at that finished product. There are subcontractors, there are architects, there's planning, there's zoning, there's financing, there's so many steps that have to happen. And it's a similar kind of thing. So God says, okay, here you go. Blessing. Blessing has been allocated. But the blessing has been allocated in a highly abstract spiritual kind of a way, almost to make a comparison. It's like when they present the national budget. That doesn't yet tell you what you're going to get in your suburb. It's a national budget. It's a higher level kind of a thing. And there are many, many steps that still have to be passed in order for some of that money to trickle down into what it is that you happen to need in the potholes on your road in your suburb. Or to change the streetlights because they're not working or whatever the case is. And we all know that the delays in that system could be quite substantial. And we all know that you might have to lobby a little bit in order to get the attention that you need out of that massive budget to get the attention that you need for your particular specific project in a similar kind of way it's not as if god is giving things in this generalized sense and doesn't care for us shem says here it is this i'm 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 giving this to you but i don't give out freebies it's quite i don't want to say don't it's quite rare for hashem to give out an absolute freebie hashem says i'm going to give something out and then you're going to work through the evolutionary process of translating what i've given you through the various stages of the spiritual realms until eventually you can translate it into something you can bank it's a fascinating concept. So, for example, on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem will say, here you go. I'm giving you X amount of allocation for sustenance. Sustenance could turn into uh, just feeling that you have what you need or it can translate into the kind of money that you wish you had. It could translate into something which is there in concept. You feel like you're succeeding, but doesn't necessarily translate into practice. That's your job. Your job is to translate the almost, un, I don't want to say undefined, but the loosely defined brocha that's been given to you on a high spiritual abstract kind of detached level, your job is 
how do I now translate this into something that I can personally relate to and that I can stick in my pocket or that I can actually see tangible results? And that's the second part of why we pray again and again and again. So the one part is to try and elevate ourselves so we can actually get our message to be heard and received by God because we're not naturally in a space that we can speak in close quarters to God. We've got to work to get there, not because he doesn't want to hear us, but because we're too distracted and we've got too many other things pulling us in other directions. And because at the end of the day, we're very, very cemented in the materialistic reality. So for us to be able to speak loudly enough, and I don't mean that that's audibly loudly enough, but spiritually loudly enough to be able to be heard in the higher realms, it's going to take a lot of effort on our part. The second part of this is once the brocha has been allocated, then we have to daven again and again and again to try and bring it down into our world. So each time we go and we sit down, we daven. This time we're not saying, I don't believe that God has answered me yet. It's actually a different approach. You come to the point you say, I believe that Hashem has answered me, and I now believe that He needs me to bring that picture into focus. So when I sit down today and I say the same prayer that I said yesterday, I say it with a confidence that is, Hashem has heard my prayer, and Hashem has allocated me what it is that I need. I'm not seeing it yet, and I have to keep saying this prayer, this mantra, again and again and again until I start to see it. Until I bring it into focus in my own mind. It's a fascinating thing. As things become clearer to us in our perception, so they start to manifest in our reality. This is not the simplistic view of whatever you put out into the universe comes back at you or anything like that. This is far deeper than that. This is to say, when I get to the point that I recognize that Hashem has allocated me a brocha, it is now my responsibility to download that brocha. And I'm not going to do it in one shot. It's going to take me a series of prayers focusing my mind to be able to get there. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So it's interesting. Somebody sent through an SMS now, and it's a pity that we didn't get this a little bit earlier on. Then SMS quoting Rabbi Khan. I'm not sure which Khan, but uh, says the battering ram is only effective when it's used on the same place again and again. So that's the concept of repetitive prayer, right? You're trying to bash down some kind of a barrier. It's quite an interesting perspective because it's quite different to what we've been speaking about today, which is not a a need to bash down barriers. But I I do think it's a good good parable. You've got to keep working at the same thing again and again because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring the brocha down. And I suppose it is fair to say that there are various barriers from one spiritual realm to the next. In fact, the Kabbalists talk about the partitions that exist between one spiritual reality and the next. So you've got to try and draw down the abstract brocha that Hashem has given and translate it into something which is effective in your life. So you keep battering, which makes sense. And maybe that's the shift in perspective that we need to have. We're not trying to bash down God's door to get him to hear us in order to get a brocha. We're actually perhaps trying to break down the barrier, the walls that we have around ourselves. You know, there's the expression that we use about Moshiach. We say Moshiach is, Moshiach is standing just behind our wall. And the emphasis over there is that it's our wall. There's no barrier from his side. From Moshiach's perspective, he's ready to come tomorrow, today. 
Hashem is willing to give us Mashiach today, but we've got a wall. We say, whoa, hang on a second. You have to understand, I've got my end of year party today. got a great holiday planned. Next year is going to be a good year for us financially. I'd love to have Mashiach, just not right now. Similar kind of thing. So maybe the purpose of prayer and repeating the prayers again and again and again is to actually bash through our perspective and bash through our preconceptions. And one of those preconceptions being the thought that we better shout until God hears us or maybe he doesn't hear us at all. It's a wonderful thing to think about. You know, the reason that uh, that this came up was just simply because we were talking about prayer during the course of this week. It does also pop up in the parasha. But now that I think about it, this is a great topic going into the holidays. When you've got a little bit more time on your hands, it's a great time to spend a little bit more reflection on prayers. So wherever it is that you might be over the next few weeks, I hope that it's restful, meaningful, uplifting, rejuvenating, and most importantly that you stay safe, have a wonderful break and a wonderful holiday wherever it may be. And a Freilich and Chanukah. Chanukah is deep in the holidays this year. Don't forget to make sure that you have a whole menorah kit. If you need one, phone Chabad House. They'll help you to get one. Take your menorah with you to light up your holiday. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a great break in the next coming weeks.